1: the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host Scott Branson and Mo Moje. Welcome back. It's time for Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast, also heard on the radio on the Bet in Las Vegas. If you haven't subscribed to the show, what are you waiting for? Come on, it's Week 14. Do so. Wherever you get your audio, just look for Silver and Black today. Turn on that auto-download, and we will praise you from here to the other side of the world. So thank you very much for that. If you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe there as well. Hit the notifications bell. Uh, we appreciate you guys being active in the chat there. I am Scott and your host, and as always, joined by my co-host. That is Mr. Mo Moten. He is the senior NFL writer at Bleacher Report. You can catch his work there, including his Bleacher Report lives before and after every Raiders game, plus you can catch his Raiders-specific work up on SportsNot.com, where he's a Raiders columnist. You can also catch my work there, both video and the, in the written format, so check out SportsNot.com. We appreciate you guys uh, being with us today. Coming off the bye week, yes, no Raider football on Sunday, but you guys were all active, as at least that I could tell, in social media. A lot of stuff going on, Mo, uh, and we're going to jump around and talk about a bunch of stuff, but we also want to talk about the Raiders- Getting read, ready after this bye week, but it's always interesting how the gap of of content and discussion is filled in a bye week for the Raiders because <laughs> we saw a couple things, right? We saw a couple things, and I'll bring it up, and I know, I know, before you start typing in the comments, rent-free in your head, chill out, Derek Carr had a tough game with the, the Saints again, having a tough season there. Also got hurt, so I hope he's doing okay. That's an Injury is never something you cheer for. Whether you love a player or don't like a player, you never cheer for that. But we saw a lot of Derek Carr conversation. We saw a conversation about coaching candidates for the Raiders, which is remarkable because now I think we're down to – all sorts of names. I think maybe even, (laughs) um, even, uh, uh, JFK Jr. Who there's a conspiracy that he didn't die in that plane crash. And so now maybe he's a candidate for the Raiders coaching position, but anyway, Mo, it's a bye week So, right. Everybody's (laughs) filling their time with, uh, some good discussion, some nonsense. And then of course, some infighting that happens in every fan base, but, uh, getting into this weekend, you know, the Raiders, uh, Look at the AFC West. This is where I wanted to start, man. Because, listen, I know people will be upset with me, but the Raiders, while technically still alive in the playoff race, are not going to make the playoffs. Okay? They're not going to make the playoffs, but they can play spoiler. They can have a huge impact on this, this very close AFC race, including the AFC West, because the Kansas City Chiefs lost on Sunday Sunday, to the Green Bay Packers now, and you pointed this out on X.com, Mo, the, the Packers have now beat the Lions and the Chiefs in consecutive weeks. And Jordan Love looks like he might actually be their franchise quarterback. So the AFC continues to be wild. I mean, it, it's it's crazy. The Raiders are on the outside looking in. Had they won a game against Kansas City or the game against Miami, we might be in a little bit of a different position but uh this AFC is just just wacky. I'll
0: take it a step further. Had had they fired Josh McDaniels before the Bears game and started mm-hmm. Aiden O'Connell, I think they could have beat the Bears with an undrafted rookie quarterback. That was probably the the one game I could say that really hurts if you're a Raider fan is that Bears game. There's no way the Bears should have shellacked the Raiders. I don't care if you're going East, going to the Midwest, going to Saturn, going to Jupiter. I don't care where the Raiders are traveling. They should have beat the Bears in that game. And there was no way Brian Horry should be on the field. But, that, get, but getting to your point about the AFC West, I know there are some fans that say, we're going to hold out hope for the Raiders making the playoffs until they're mathematically eliminated. So technically, I would say if the Raiders wanted to, let's just say if you're a fan of positive outlook, if the Raiders <laughs> want to make the playoffs realistically, they're going to have to win Three of, uh, four of the next five to even be in the discussion, which will right. put them at nine and eight, right? And even nine and eight may not get them in with the way the Texans are playing. I think I still think the Broncos still have a good shot, even though they lost to the Texans. They are, they are six and six. Russell Wilson is playing efficient football. I think the Broncos are going to eventually bounce back. They get the charges twice. They'll probably split their season series. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, though, I, listen, I can't. Stomach Pittsburgh Steelers games unless they're playing the Raiders because their offense is so bad. Yes. I know I'm that's saying a lot because I'm covering a, a Raider team that hasn't scored more than 17 points in three straight games. I get it. But now Kenny Pickett is hurt. We don't know what's going to happen with the Steelers. They could fall out of the playoff picture. Mitchell Trubisky is probably gonna start. They're seven and five, and that team is very our friend Jared Bell will tell you that team is very much flawed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So if you're of the belief that anything is possible. You still have five weeks left. If the, the Raiders go on a, a run, and I, I go back to the story all the time in twenty twenty one, when people were counting the Raiders out of the playoff race, I know it was a COVID year. They rattled off a win streak to end the season, they, and they snuck into the playoffs. Oh, and I snuck in. They got in, I believe, as as the fifth seed. And they played the Bengals pretty close who eventually went to the Super Bowl. So if Antonio Pierce and Bo Hart agree have the magic sauce to get the Raiders offense back on track, who knows what could happen. But one step at a time, you got to get through the Minnesota Vikings. Now, if they lose that Vikings game, it's cash money done. You're not making the playoffs.
1: Definitely. Oh, yeah. Not at five well, and eight. See, see, and, and I, I understand. And, and look, anything can happen. So you always have that piece out there because yeah. anything can happen. You look at the world we live in today, and believe me, it, everything crazy happens. So <laughs> they, you, it's, it's, it, they got to go five and zero. I, I think, I think to 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 have a chance in the playoffs. Okay, yeah, that's a really tough happens. road, especially when you got to go to Kansas City on Christmas and win. But who knows? You know, every year, as you know, to the chagrin of someone, probably you, Mo, because you got to listen to it. Um, I do my night before Christmas. T'was the night before Christmas, Raider version. And this time, maybe, maybe maybe, Al Davis, you know, the jolly old Al Davis comes down and brings them a win in Kansas City. You never know. But either way, look, the, the AFC is crazy. You see teams. And remember, I key, and our good friend Murph, who was always glass half full, which I appreciate, and he's a fan and he, he, he does his thing. But he talked about winnable games, and I'm looking at this stretch, and I see the Vikings. I, I agree. I think the Vikings, you know, who knows where they're at. But then you look at the Colts. The Colts have won, what, four in a row now, right? Big win yesterday. Minshew Magic is back in Indianapolis. They go on the road. They win a big game in Tennessee in overtime. Uh, And then you have the Chargers who, yeah, two field goals against that terrible New England team. Now, the defense, New England's defense, not as bad as their offense, but still not great. So the Chargers couldn't score. Um, but if you're a charger fan, you're sitting there saying, well, our defense held him to no points, but it's like, yeah, against zappy, it's not exactly hard. So you look at the schedule and you think about winnable games, and I don't think you can look at any, any game and say, well, we should win that one. No. Uh, I think you have to look at the schedule and say, okay, how do we get out of this thing and do the best that we can and learn the most that we can about our roster, about our quarterback and and going 5-0 oh just doesn't seem feasible to me with a rookie quarterback as good as Aiden O'Connell has been because he has been very good. That said, uh, you look at this team. They come into this week now, Mo. They have two roster spots open after the roster moves last week, of course, uh, when they cut Marcus Peters and, and they let go of Roderick Teamer after his DUI, alleged DUI. And so – What do you do with two roster spots? Well, there's not much to do right now, right? I mean, I think I'm looking at the defensive backfield needs and I'm thinking, okay, maybe you elevate Sam Webb there. What other moves do you think they can do? Because I don't think you go outside the team and go, you look at that practice squad, Mo, who do you maybe bring up from that practice squad, make them active and see if you have something there over the next few weeks?
0: Well, you, you kind of stole my thunder there with Sam Webb. He was in my last sports not Night, sports piece as one of the solutions of, of replacing Marcus Peters. Now, I think that's a long shot solution because he's been on the practice squad, but he has more experience in this system than guys like Brendan Faison, who just came on and really was on IR since September. And... You look at it and say, well, he's been around Patrick Graham. He's played mostly in the preseason, but maybe they give him a shot. They saw something in him that he made the 53-man roster two years ago as an undrafted rookie. So maybe they surprise us and put Sam Webb out there. But I think Brandon Faison is a wild card if he's healthy. Had a shin injury, I believe. He's a wild card because he would be the biggest cornerback they have you know, on the field because he's about 6'2", 200 pounds. He's really the only Raider uh, cornerback who's – taller than 6'1", I believe. So if they want to throw something different out there to defenses, on could be the option. I, I think, honestly, they go with Jack Jones who they claimed off of waivers. But getting back to the practice squad, if they want to bring somebody off the practice squad. Other than Sam Webb, I would still say Nesta J. Severa or Byron Young. Why are we not seeing more by... He's a third-round pick. I understand a yeah. third-round pick is not a sure five starter, but the fact that Byron Young is inactive for most of the season as a third-round pick worries me because that remember that was the pick that a lot of raider fans were skeptical about because they said well can he rush the pass or can he make an impact because the raiders need someone on the inside to compliment max crosby and the Raiders still need that play on the, on the interior to compliment max crosby so i i want to see byron young or nesta j severa on the field now nesta j as i pointed out had an instagram post that may have got him in a doghouse criticizing the coach staff for putting putting him on the bench but if it's about winning games, I think one of those two guys, Byron Young and J. Severa, have to be on the field for the rest of the way.
1: It's interesting, too, because I think, look, you're you're not eliminated from the race. You sit there at five and seven, so you're 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 still fighting and scrapping. And there is no tanking and all that jazz that people want to always talk about. At the same time, I think you're right. You do have to find out what you have in these kids that are there. What can they do? Because you're not going to do worse than you have now. I'm not saying. And if they do worse, then you get <laughs> you know what you have. Another name that popped out at me as as you were talking, I looked up the the practice squad. And it's a guy I completely forgot about. I mean, literally forgot he was even on the Raiders roster. And it makes sense because with the uncertainty around Josh Jacobs next year, a guy that we talked about during the preseason, uh, Sincere McCormick, is on the practice squad. Why not Ah. elevate him? Because, look, I think we've seen Zamir White. I think we've seen Abdul. I don't think those guys are the answer. I don't think they're long-term solutions at running back. I'm not saying sincere McCormick is either, Mo. I wasn't overly impressed during the preseason with him. But why not give him a shot? You're going to need somebody to come in there. I think you, this is the time when you start working a little bit of rotation and start seeing what you have there. Uh, and and if he's not great, then you move on in the offseason or you keep him as a developmental player. But I think the Raiders need to start thinking about the future here and, and running back as part of that because we don't know what's going to happen with Josh Jacobs next year.
0: Well, I talked about that in my – one of my pieces against, I believe it was against the Chiefs, the game plan to beat the Chiefs. The Raiders have to figure out who their RB2 is. If they're serious about winning games for the rest of the season, yep. they need a legitimate RB2. Because if Josh Jacobs goes down, what are they going to do? Because yep. I have zero trust in Zamir White. And I know this goes back to the preseason. I said it in the preseason. Zamir White isn't the guy to be a number two. And a lot of people jumped on my neck. Mo, oh, you're being too harsh. Zamir White's going to be fine. You just got to give him more volume. He's going to be a solid number two. Where's Zamir White then? There's a re. I think there's a reason why Josh Jacobs hasn't been part of a running back committee as we thought it, he would be under Josh McDaniels, and he soaked up most of the carries because I, I I think that Coach Steph sees that Zamir White can't carry the low there even as a number two. So I think that's another. I, maybe it's early to say this, but I think that's another whiff by the Ziegler Josh McDaniels regime. I know it's a fourth round pick, Zamir White, but at this point of time. Toward the end of the season, as you said, you're going to need more of a rotation at running back, especially with Josh Jacobs taking a load he's he's taken on over the last two years. So he's had a ton of carries. Remember, he led the league in carries last year. He's got a ton of he has a big workload this year. We all know now, knock on wood, he's been relatively healthy, and hasn't had to hobble off the field, but. You you got to have someone as a as a change of pace running back. You see that across the league now. There are very few workhorse running backs, and even even the workhorse running backs, even the Derrick Henrys of the world. They uh, the Titans drafted uh, Tajay Spears, so yeah. you know there there are change of pace backs on these other teams with workhorse running backs, and they have to figure it, figure that out. Who's going to be the number two behind Jacobs?
1: And you bring up a good point because going back to the preseason, that's what we heard from the former regime was that there would be more of a rotation at running back to give Jacobs a spell. Now, even if Jacobs gets 20 carries a game, that to me, I think for this offense to be really humming, you should you should have close to 30 carries a game from a running back, right? Not a running back, but from your running backs. So if you get 15 to 20 to Josh Jacobs and, and 10 to five to ten to the RB two, that's where you should be, right? You should be in that in that space. And to your point, that's where I think you got to find out. And they haven't found an RB2. They just haven't. So it's going to be on the long list of of, of players they need to think about when they go into the offseason because uh, those situations are, are, are huge. I mean, because, again, Josh Jacobs, I don't care who the new coach is, whether it's Antonio Pierce or it's someone else, and whether the GM is Champ Kelly or somebody else, they're going to have to make a decision on Josh Jacobs. And I just don't see – the Raiders giving a big contract to him after this year, even though he's done well. It's times, not all his fault, clearly. But uh, I just don't see the, the the team going in that direction. So we'll have to see. Uh, what, el- what else do they need to do? I mean, look, Aiden O'Connell, I don't care if Aiden O'Connell throws five interceptions in a game. And hopefully he doesn't. You got to keep him in there. You just got to keep rolling with Aiden O'Connell. There's no sense in going any direction unless he, you know, knock on wood, got hurt or something like that. Uh, he's the guy the rest of the way. I think you're seeing from him development, and, and these next five games will determine what they're going to do with him. Either way, Mo, I don't see this organization, especially where it's at, saying Aiden O'Connell's our guy, so we don't need to worry about quarterback. You, you and I have talked about this numerous times here on the show. They will be in the market for a quarterback, whether it's moving up in the draft in the first round. Or it's getting a player where they sit in the first round or in the second round. It could be there too. But if they want a bona fide, I think top notch quarterback, difference maker, franchise guy immediately, they would have to move up. I don't think they can move up to number one, but they might be able to move up for a Drake May or someone like that. Uh, whoever goes one and two, I think Caleb Williams is still going to go number one. Um, but that quarterback position, is going to be interesting because that's where I don't think people need to get upset about Aiden O'Connell. If he does really well, great. But he's not going to be the guy you, you say, hey, we're going with him. He is our guy for the next 10 years because we just don't know that. And I don't think we'll know that even after five games.
0: I said this last shot. I said Aiden O'Connell can do very little right now to – To sway me from wanting to draft a quarterback. Outside of the Raiders going all the way to the AFC Championship game, which I'm sorry, fans, is probably not going to (laughs) happen. Outside of that happening, there's nothing Aiden O'Connell could really do in this final stretch of five games to say, you know what? We don't need to draft a quarterback in the first or second round. We're good with Aiden O'Connell. And I partially say that because, one, I prefer a mobile quarterback. We've seen Aiden O'Connell now, though he has improved in the pocket he'll never be able to be a naturally mobile quarterback. You, you just you just don't go from being what he is to being functionally mobile. Doesn't happen. And in today's league, I'm going to say this again, in today's league, the quarterback position, you need more than a passer, you need a playmaker. And what I mean by that is you need someone who's going to be to be able to evade pressure when the offensive line breaks down, extend plays, make off-platform throws improv plays you need all of that at the quarterback position in today's league and Aiden O'Connell is very limited and those all in those off platform you know improv on the move type of throws so the raiders to me they, they just have to modernize their quarterback position i think josh McDaniels was stuck in the past he wanted a bunch of pocket passers jared stidham who he had last year is probably his most mobile quarterback now you got brian hoyer who's a 38 year old statue You got Aiden O'Connell who could barely move. Jimmy Garoppolo has some movement, some functional movement, but he's not the most mobile quarterback either, and he gets hurt. Raiders need to, first of all, Raiders need to modernize their quarterback position. Get a mobile quarterback. Get a guy who can throw on the move. Get a guy who's naturally mobile. (laughs) That's that's step one, and that's why I say there's nothing Aiden O'Connell can really do to sway me away from drafting that type of quarterback.
1: Right, and, and, and when you say mobile quarterback, this is where I, I, some of our great listeners and some of my great followers on X were engaging with me on this on Sunday because I was talking about C.J. Stroud. I was watching C.J. Stroud, who has his moments of, of struggle too. Obviously, he's a rookie. Uh, he's broken every rookie record there is, though. But anyway, I saw him move in the pocket, get flushed out of the pocket. The pass rush was, was huge, and he steps out, looks downfield, and, and is moving and finds... Uh, before he got hurt, Tank Dell, for a 26-yard gain on a play that most, if you're a pocket passer, it's a sack. There's no there's no question. You're done. You're a sack. And I had people push back on me. Well, what about Jared Goff? I'm like, okay, so so out of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league right now, eight or nine of them, I could argue nine, are mobile. Not running, mobile quarterbacks. And you pick the one guy. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, I could find a pocket passer, but they're going away. When Jared Goff is gone... And by the way, Jared Goff has done a fine, except for the last couple of games, he struggled actually. But for for the season, done a great job with the Lions. I'm not taking anything away from him, but what would the Lions be like with a CJ Stroud or a Lamar Jackson? I mean, you have to look at it that way too. If you had a more mobile quarterback, are you putting more points on the board? Are you moving the offense better because of the way it moves? So, so yes. Yeah, so I agree with you there too. I think that. That is how it's got to be. If you don't see that, then you're not watching enough football. I'm not saying that a pocket passer won't come out and be successful from time to time. They will in a system, but overall in the NFL, look at all the guys going deep in the playoffs and find me somebody who's a statue. You just can't find them. But but
0: Scott, even with the Jared Goff example, look at the Lions' offensive line. They got yeah. two first-rounders at tackle and Taylor Decker and Penny Su, who they drafted not too long ago. Yeah, The Lions have one of the best offensive lines in the league. And that's how their offense is functioning at a high level. Because if the Lions, let me tell you, the Lions had an average offensive line. Jared Goff wouldn't be as good as he is right now. So if you're going to go with a pocket passing quarterback, your offensive line better be top five. And if it's not, you're going to struggle. And that's my point about having a quarterback who can move is that you limit yourself because he's at the mercy of his offensive line. If If you're starting right tackle, left tackle go down. Cole yeah. Miller, we saw, missed a couple of games with the shoulder injury, then what? So you, you have to give yourself an out just in case your offensive line is not playing well. And that out is having a quarterback who can move. Because as I said, we, and you pointed out, and we've seen Jared Goff kind of struggle in some spots in the, in the past few weeks. Yes. And part of that is because teams have been able to get pressure on him. And if you can get pressure on Jarrett Goff, he can't do much to evade that pressure. And, and, and like you said, if you look at teams that are upper echelon, their quarterbacks may not rush for 100 yards a game or 75 yards a game but those quarterbacks can run for first downs if they need to and and i think that's what the
1: raiders need right now right and that's why the lions almost lost that game to the saints after it's... leading 21 nothing in the first quarter their 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 offense struggled to get going because of the pressure and by the way not only that offensive line but they have two of the best catch pass or catch pass catching uh, mm-hmm. running backs in the league, and Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery, both very good out of the backfield catching the ball. They utilize that all the time uh, as well, so that helps golf back there as well. He can get rid of the ball quickly and still get positive yards out of it. So, All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back here on Silver and Black today, the Tuesday edition, uh, going into week 14, the Raiders uh, take on the Minnesota Vikings. We're going to talk about the coaching search a little bit, and is it is it too early to talk about a coaching search? Are we all – just beating our heads against a wall. We'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk about media on media violence, all kinds of things happening (laughs) out there in Raider Nation. You're with Mo and Scott. This is Silver and Black Today.